It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you grow your e-commerce business faster and more efficiently by cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and guidance from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello, Master Plan World. Welcome to our latest podcast. It's a pleasure to have you all out there listening. I'm Chloe Thomas, the creator of the e-commerce Master Plan. I'm an author, speaker and advisor, and I focus on e-commerce marketing. We're going to jump straight in today, so I want to introduce you to our special guest. Faye Clifton is the sales and marketing manager at the award-winning, multi-award winning, in fact, Green and Blue, a company of designers, creators and innovators who come up with products to help wildlife. Selling to consumers and trade, They launched in 2005, and as well as growing online sales, they are selling to over 80 stores worldwide, including the pretty damn amazing organisations like the National Trust, Design Museum and the Tate. Hello, Faye. Hi, Chloe. Hello, thanks for having me. It's great to have you on, especially as you are one of our listeners. So it's always nice to be able to kind of keep it in the family as such. Um, I've given people a really quick overview of Green and Blue and an even shorter overview of who you are. So how did you yourself get started off in e-commerce? So I probably like many people kind of fell into e-commerce. I was working for my sister's company. She has a textile business and um, I started making products for her and she had quite a small website that she'd built. And some way, somehow I just fell into managing the website, setting up our first Facebook page and just kind of learning on the job really. Um, So incidental, but very much enjoyable. And it's what it's kind of, yeah, something I was really drawn to. I've always enjoyed communicating and people and e-commerce feels like a perfect place to do that. Um, and then I joined the team here at Green and Blue three years ago now. Wow. So it's really become kind of a, an, an evolutionary passion for you. Absolutely. Yeah. I just, I love communication and I think e-commerce, you know, what better place to be able to sort of communicate. It's so key to, to doing it successfully. And I, I have to say, I do, having marketed many businesses, not just e-commerce ones, it's it's so exciting when you see actual money coming in as a response. Yeah. <laughs> not awareness, not engagement, but cold, hard cash. <laughs> there's, there's nothing better as a marketer to know you've done a good job than when you see the money coming in. Yeah, it's those times in November and December when you're sort of putting together social posts and you're running campaigns and your newsletters and yeah, you're watching the website and you're refreshing your orders and you're rubbing your hands with glee. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's strange, it doesn't matter how many years you do it, it's still still the excitement of sending an oh, email and watching the results come in. It's still absolutely. addictive. Yeah, absolutely. It's been well over 10 years for me now and yeah, it's still as exciting as it was on day one. Yeah, so there you go. All of you out there who are who feel guilty about the fact you hit send in Mailchimp or Clavio or whatever you're using, and um, and and then watch the watch for orders. It's fine. We all do it. We're um, all doing it because <laughs> you've, you've got to take the excitement. Sometimes the excitement is important. Yeah, definitely. Hey, well, Faye, before we evangelise about that for the next half hour, um, let us. Let us find out a bit more about Green and Blue as it is right now. So where in the world are you and where do you sell to? So we're very happily based in Perrinporth, which is on the North Cornish coast. Um, and it's an absolutely stunning little seaside town with rolling dunes. And we're in a kind of work where we just moved into a new workshop, actually, oh, um, yeah, which is, yeah, exciting times for us as a company. Um, so yeah based in Cornwall which is just beautiful and in terms of where we sell to um, we sell to individual retail customers via our website and via our studio 
we sell to, as you mentioned in the intro, over 80 shops across the world, um, including some absolutely brilliant names that we couldn't have sort of dreamt of working with. Um, and then we also sell to developers in the construction industry. And that's the side of the business where we're really excited about the potential for growth and the potential to do more for the bees. Um, so now, yeah, those are kind of three main channels that we sell through. Cool. And now I mentioned that you, you I mentioned quite mysteriously that Green and Blue create products to help wildlife. <laughs> and everyone will have kind of worked out they're quite attractive products given where they're being stocked, National Trust, Design Museum, Tate, etc. You've just mentioned that you're also selling them to builders. So I think probably <laughs> it would be worth you explaining to the listeners what these products actually are. Indeed. Um, I mean, as a company, our earliest product was the bird ball, which is a spherical birdhouse for sort of small garden garden nesting birds like blue tits. And that is a stunning design item um, that's beautiful. And then we've added to that range with bird feeders, which again are just beautiful and they're very different to what's out there in the bird feeding market. Um, and then our newest innovation is a product called Bee Brick, which is a nesting site for solitary bees. Um, and bee brick looks beautiful and we've got a kind of a range around with planters um, and different sizes and shaped blocks. Um, and it looks beautiful just in the garden, but you can also use it in place of a standard brick in construction. So our kind of dream is a bee brick. If one's used in every house, every new house that's built, we start to create massive amounts of habitat for our solitary bees. And I'll be honest, I wasn't aware there were solitary bees. So Rather, before turning this into a wildlife podcast, um, <laughs> no could you, bad thing. <laughs> well, no, not necessarily a bad thing. But I'm not sure it's what people listen for, t- tuning for. But could you just explain what a solitary bee is? Because to be honest, I have no idea what a solitary bee is. It would be a pleasure to. And I think this kind of leads into something that I was going to talk about later as well, because one of the massive things we're aware of is how little people do know about solitary bees. Um, but actually, about 90% of our bee species in the UK are solitary bees. Um, and within that, there's over 250 species Um, and they don't produce honey they don't have a queen they don't live in hives but they're absolutely vital pollinators um, responsible for around a third of the food we eat so they're they're a pollinator we should really get to know and we should really get to sort of look after so one of the sort of the kind of not the challenge more the opportunity really is educating about solitary bees and spreading that message so that more and more people are aware of them so it's not that by adding a bee brick to your house, you're going to have a, a swarm of bees there. You're going to have one or two bees you're probably not even ever going to notice coming in exactly. there. Exactly. And um, thank you for saying that, because that's one of our key messages to get across, because people will go, oh, you want me to put a bee brick in my house and have bees stinging me? <laughs> and actually, a solitary bee, they don't swarm. And because they don't produce honey and have a queen to protect, they're not aggressive. So they're a really, really safe way to encourage the bees sort of look after them in, uh, introduce them to children and to animals because you don't need to be scared that they're going to sting very cool okay hopefully now people have worked out why it is you're selling to these quite impressively diverse markets yes <laughs> uh, let's talk about the e-commerce side of things for a while so your direct to consumer sales what platform are you using to sell to them on? Uh, so we have we have two wordpress websites and one of them is an e-commerce site and we use woocommerce on that and the other site? Uh, the other site is just WordPress, but we're not actually, that's the kind of, that's uh, aimed at developers and construction, but it's not actually e-commerce. It's more about generating sort of inquiries. Got because you. we worked out quite early on that we're kind of using different languages to those two customer bases. 
And um, somewhat different graphic appeal as well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and yeah, just all sorts of different facts and figures and yeah. Cool. So given you're on WordPress, you must have a few widgets and plugins that you're using. Any you'd like to recommend? Um, the newest one that I've added actually is Zendesk, which I added just before Christmas. And that was really good. And sort of run up to Christmas sales and things. Um, we found that really useful. It's a chat function. Um, and we have just got a free version on the website, but actually it means that we can do live chat with customers. We can take messages from customers. Um, so it's a really nice kind of quick point of contact. So I know there's different levels of, of Zendesk integration Mm. into your business and kind of mentally rather than necessarily technologically so you're using it mainly for the for the live chat functionality rather than the full customer service management side yeah exactly at the moment it didn't really feel like we needed the rest of the functionality particularly and that might be something that we kind of readdress as we go but for the time being just having that live chat functionality has been really useful yeah I have to say it seems like um to me, it seems like a bit of a no-brainer for any business these days online. Yeah. Um, and it's on my to-do list to add to e-commerce well. But maybe by the time this podcast goes out, I'll have actually got around to it. There you go. Start writing that to-do list as we talk. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll have people in the Facebook group going, have you done it yet? No. no <laughs> um, and then apart from that, we use things like pop-ups on the website um, and reviews um those are probably the main ones we use it's one of those things where you kind of get everything up and running as much as you can and then you're juggling so much that you don't always have the time to instigate everything you'd like to yeah I think there's there's definitely um I think a place in this world of widgets and plugins for a kind of a waiting list of Mm. ideas and a cull every now and again yeah well it's Um, having the time isn't it mm. to to test things well enough to know to cull them and to have the headspace to put it in test it work out what you're evaluating yeah it's it's definitely not one of those half hour tasks oh I'll put live chat live now which is my excuse (laughs) for not having yet done it so I need to find the right solution um anyway enough of my my website problems uh (laughs) what does the team look like at green and blue because you're looking after the sales and the marketing who else is is in the team so it's really exciting times as a team. Um, last year, it was just myself and Gavin, who's the co-founder of the business, sort of here every day. And we've gone from that last year to there now being eight of us involved, um, oh. and seven of us on a day-to-day basis, really, part working across making our concrete range, uh, putting our bird feeders and our bird houses together, picking and packing and sending our orders and designing the product range. So yeah, from two to eight, is there's been quite a change, but it's a fantastic team and just, yeah, we're all loving what we do. And clearly you're doing everything from the design and the manufacture right through to, to sending it out to people. Is mm-hmm. there, um, and you're, you're doing the sales and the marketing, so that side of it's in-house as well. Is there anything at all you're outsourcing? Uh, no. Well, our ceramics are made for us in Stoke-on-Trent. So the ceramic that we use for our bird feeders, um, we buy from a brilliant factory that we've worked with for 10 years in Stoke um and a second one in Nottingham actually um but apart from that no we pretty much do it all ourselves we are um one of the sort of things we're really excited about at the moment is we are setting up an awareness day um around these um as a company we really want to feel like we're doing some good in the world and making a difference and one of the things that we wanted to do was as I said earlier about that recognizing that few people have heard of solitary bees we wanted to kind of create 
an awareness thing that would yeah sort of educate with community groups with schools um, and we are taking a freelancer on to kind of manage that a freelancer and an intern so that would be like national solitary bee day exactly that sort of thing although it's going to be weak because we wanted to avoid bee day <laughs> yeah I just as I said it I was like oh that's not so good <laughs> is it <laughs> now going to be world solitary bee awareness week I have to say I think a week is quite good as well because it means you don't have to get all the marketing and all the effort done on one day yeah that's what we thought we've got a week of possibilities of action and happenings doing school assemblies possibly sort of things on streets and who knows where it might go but yeah a week gives us a bit more scope very cool and have you set the date for that yet or is that just part of the planning annoyingly we're still at the planning stage because we kind of want to make sure that we're not clashing with anything or you know that we're complementing other events so it will probably be in July after we've had the great British bee count which is a fantastic thing from friends of the earth I well recommend everyone gets involved with and then we'd hope to sort of run it on the back of that so that there's already lots of bee conversations happening. It's interesting that you you've gone for the the awareness day because I think it's often quite a good angle for like on an SEO front or a social media front or just you know general awareness front but it it strikes me as a good marketing campaign to balance the needs of your different audiences because it kind of the, the my key question to any business that's doing both wholesale and retail and then you're also doing the the sales to the construction industry as well it's how you balance in a small team between those those teams both in terms of who gets the stock as it's manufactured but also Mm. the marketing side of things and is that something you've got any lessons you can share or stories you can share with the audience (laughs) (laughs) or just thoughts I suppose because I know it's an evolving evolving beast all the time because they're both hungry they're all three of them are hungry going to be hungry routes to market for your time and for product yeah, and it is, I, I suppose, like you say, the the awareness thing is very much something that can encompass the messages that we're trying to give across all our sort of platforms. Um, I mean, in terms of challenges, it is quite a different message that we're trying to give because your house builder is obviously driven by costs and by, is it going to be straightforward? Whereas your retail customers driven by, will it look beautiful in my garden? So you're always trying to kind of balance how you're giving the right message to the right person. And I think, well, for us, the the Awareness Day or the Awareness Week felt like just a really nice way to just spring out stories and facts and, and for it not to feel too commercial. Because obviously, you know, every time we're talking about solitary bees, it might sound like it's just because we want to sell product. And yes, we want to sell product, but we also are passionate about solitary bees and about wildlife and about wildlife protection. So this feels like a really nice sort of way of doing it with integrity where we're not kind of just trying to sell you something. We really care that you know about bees. I think the fact that the, the, the product is a house for solitary bees is completely different from if you were trying to sell a painting of a solitary bee, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So it is, you know, the product supports the overall dream, I suppose. Yeah, it gets, for us as a company, it gives us something to passionately get out of bed for every morning because we're not, we're creating something that's a lasting legacy that's going to do some good, that's going to create habitat for wildlife. And that is just a brilliant reason to come to work every day and just adds 
adds a bit of zumph to everything we do. Definitely. And do you find that's kind of now that the bee brick is part of the mix, it's not just about the birdhouses and the bird feeders. And with that passion behind the business, do you find it's easier to to do some of that consumer side marketing? Yeah, a hundred percent. I think because we're so clear on what our niche is um, and what our messages and what we're talking about, everything else just flows because you know, it would be a bit strange if we suddenly started talking about um, what jumper we're wearing or I can't think of <laughs> It just means that when we're producing content, we 100% know how we talk and what we talk about because our niche is, is such a given. Yes, it's not like you're going to be sharing what happened on Game of Thrones last night because it just doesn't, no. doesn't fit at all. Whereas <laughs> yeah. the connection to nature and a more eco-friendly life is kind of a no-brainer really yeah absolutely and you know there's it doesn't always have to be about bees or about birds we had a post um on Facebook earlier this year where we just shared a photo that one of our staff's brothers had taken of the beach at Perrinporth with all the plastic waste Um, and obviously that's very much on people's minds at the moment and that post reached about 250,000 people wow Um, and it just you know but it felt right for us because we're commenting on our environment and that is at the heart of what we're doing at Green and Blue. So it's, yeah, it gives us a really nice clarity to our message. Yeah, and it does It does make life a lot easier when you've got that clarity. Oh, 100% it does, so, yeah. So you mentioned content there. Do you produce a lot of content or is it, you know, are you kind of like blogging and YouTubing and Instagramming and Facebooking and, 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 and? Or is it more of a when there's a good story? Um, we produce quite a bit of content. On the whole, we try and get sort of a new blog post once every kind of, at least once a month, often more. And then we've also been doing quite a bit of guest blogging. Um, and then we also do, yeah, Facebook, Instagram, Instagram stories we're loving, um, Twitter. We do have a YouTube channel where we put a bit of sort of incidental kind of footage we take of bees nesting or the birds feeding. And that's something we'd really like to improve on this year. Um, but yeah, we do. For such a small team, it feels like we do produce a lot of content. Now, you very casually gl- went past guest posting there and guest <laughs> blogging, which I know is something which a lot of people like the idea of doing, but they just have no idea where to start. So have you got a couple of tips for anyone who's thinking of doing some guest blogging? Uh, yeah, I mean, I would say, obviously, again, it comes back to knowing your niche. And for us, because we're so clear that we're about wildlife, it just makes it really obvious who we work with. Um, So there's, um, you know, we'll look for influencers on Twitter or people we've had conversations with. Um, I've even responded to quite a few emails where people have sort of said, oh, um, do you take guest blogs? And if I've looked at their website and actually it looks like it's got a similar customer base, then I'll respond to those, even though sometimes they can feel a bit spammy. Um, I think just being really clear on on the audience that you're reaching and then what kind of content is going to work well for you. So are you both uh, accepting guest blogs and writing guest blogs for other people at the moment? Yeah, I really like having guest blogs on our website. Um, there's a company that we worked with recently called Bloombox um, and they took some of our products to shows kind of alongside what they were doing. And then she wrote us a blog post about sort of um, 
gardening for mental health. And it was something that I wouldn't have had the research or the time to do, but it just beautifully adds to our story and what we believe. Um, so yeah, I think it's a really lovely way to increase your own kind of relevant content as well. So it's literally just keeping an eye out, looking for places you might want to put something and then creating something high quality. Yeah, exactly. Always keeping that kind of eye out. And again, if you're so clear on your audience and what you do, it makes it really easy to find those opportunities. Yeah, it, it, I find some people are kind of like, oh, right. Uh, you know, they just start Googling sites that accept blog posts. It's like, no, it's not about sites that accept <laughs> guest blog posts. It's about sites in your niche that might be willing to accept yeah, blog posts. 100%. It has to have that, that. For us, it has to absolutely fit with our story and have that reason behind it that, that makes it honest and you know design blogs and things like that as well our product stands apart from a lot of wildlife products because we really care about stunning design and so that opens up the door of sort of design blogs and yeah but it's got to be clear sort of niche and good for us because um I have one last question on the guest blogging topic which is I know a lot of people um try to approach it purely on an SEO strategy and others approach it purely on a PR strategy. Is it one or the other for you or is it just uh, somewhere in between the two? Somewhere in between the two, if I'm honest. Um, First and foremost, I see it as getting our message out to a wider audience and us providing more value to our audience in terms of the reciprocal blogs. And the SEO stuff is just a bonus on the side um it's but it's yeah that doesn't kind of inform it as a strategy it's more about that value that I think we can bring and receive cool and you you mentioned about how beautiful the products are and everyone go and and have a look because the bee brick it sounds quite mundane as from a design standpoint obviously not as an idea uh I say hastily (laughs) hoping fame fame still likes me um but it's also it's a it's a it's a very pretty brick and the the birds um, feeders and houses are really attractively designed, and that's led to some, or I would imagine, is contributory to some of the great press you've managed to get, and also some of the awards you've won. How, uh, what, what part does that press coverage and those awards have in the website? Have a have in the website have in your marketing <laughs> strategy? Oh, absolutely imperative. I mean, we're we're so lucky that we get approached a lot by press because our range is so different and is quite, you know, iconic, to be fair. It, it stands apart. We've had great sort of, um, we've won a design award sort of chosen by Wayne Hemingway. We were picked as green heroes by Kevin MacLeod. Um, we won a Soil Association Innovation Award and we've been featured in The Guardian, The Telegraph, um, really high-end design magazines and that just gives us that credibility and that weight behind what we're doing because those I, associations. I would also say to anyone who's heading down the route of getting more press or they've got more press and they don't know what to do with it or awards likewise the green and blue website has a very nice press page and a very nice awards page that makes it very clear to everybody visiting that they are very well thought of so <laughs> although I would say the list you've just read out are not all on your website so <laughs> You you, can, you can play a nice game and spot the difference. Uh, everyone listening on that front. Report back to me. <laughs> I, I mentioned it to be helpful, not to be critical. I hope. No, I appreciate it. Thank you. So, so Faye, what uh, what's the most awesome thing about uh, Green and Blue right now? 
there's just so much at the moment we've got a small passionate team we all love what we do we all come in we get along brilliantly today we sat outside in the sun for our lunch today and just you just laugh for half an hour so it's a brilliant place to come to work we're producing a product that makes a difference to the world so we can kind of hold our heads up high we're starting our or setting up our world solitary bee awareness week we've been doing lots of kind of evaluating our business kind of and how it sits in the world and how we can make the world a better place. So we're kind of really looking at everything within our sustainability. It just feels like we're doing some good and we're loving doing it. Very. That's not too long-winded. That's that's not too (laughs) long-winded at all. And it, I think it shows that throughout all your answers so far, how she says so far uh, challenging you there. Uh, It just shows how passionate, a kind of natural passion there is within the business you know not sometimes you find put upon passion I think and fake passion yeah. but I think it it's clearly uh you know kind of if you cut cut all of you open it would be there at the core um yeah before I go true. too far down that metaphor uh <laughs> let's go into the top tips round I love this section because it gives me and our listeners some very quick ideas for taking our businesses to the next level. So Faye, first up is the book top tip. If everyone listening to this podcast agreed to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend? So this is one of those ones that I sort of thought long and hard about. The best kind of business book I've read recently um, was the Do Open book by David Hyatt, who's um was the founder of Howie's and now Hyatt Denham. Mm-hmm. And it's a book about newsletters, but it's just really it's one of those books that you read and just think, oh, I just want to change my newsletter now. And <laughs> like, how am I underusing this tool so much? And so it's kind of spurring us on to have like content pillar boards in our workshop so we can kind of all feed into content and it just makes you think really hard about kind of doing it a bit better you know sometimes you can think oh I've got a newsletter to put together I'll give myself a couple of hours and this is more about it being such an integral part of your business and your thinking so a really inspiring book excellent uh not or letting people go surfing by Yvonne Schonard the founder of Patagonia because we like going surfing <laughs> <laughs> and we do let our people go surfing <laughs> two good recommendations <laughs> there <laughs> Okay, the traffic top tip. Which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves? I think we sort of covered it quite a lot earlier. I think the nicheness, um, if, I think if you really know your niche and your audience, then your traffic will come because by nature you're talking to the right people and you're saying the right things and you're talking in the right channels. So I just think that leads to your traffic. It certainly has for us. Excellent. And um, for our American listeners, that's the niche. Uh, I know, I was thinking I should say niche. Niche, 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 niche. <laughs> oh, right, the tool top tip. Maybe a collaboration tool, a social media plugin, a phone app, or just a way of working. Is there a cool little tool that you use that makes you and your team more efficient from day to day? Uh, yeah, well, there's one that I've only discovered quite recently called Grammarly, um, which is a really handy one that just checks your grammar and your spellings and everything. It's a browser plugin. So it works a little bit like Word, but to my mind, a little bit better. And just when you're producing lots of content, it just tweaks or helps you tweak it so that you know you're kind of doing the best punctuation you can using some of the best words that you can. Excellent. Okay, the growth top tip then. If you met someone today who's focused on growing their e-commerce business from 100 orders per month to a thousand what would be your number one tip for them so 
to my mind, it's being really clear about who you are. Um, and I know I've sort of gone on about it a few times, but it just to me, it just makes everything so much easier. If you're clear about what you stand for, it makes every decision that you're going to make in your business that much clearer. I don't think you won't get led astray. You won't make the wrong decisions because it's all coming from the kind of higher purpose. So I think, again, it's nicheness or nicheness and being clear about who you are and what you stand for. I have to say, uh, listeners, I love a bit of consistency in the answers because I think then you really know that someone is telling you exactly the right things. Um, <laughs> Master Plan World, you can find the top tips and links to everything else we've been chatting about in today's episode by heading over to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast, where you'll see a link to this show. Faye, before we say goodbye, could you please let the listeners know where they can find you on the web and social media? Yeah, of course. Um, our website is greenandblue.co.uk. Or if you're looking at building a house, you can also look at greenandbluebuild.co.uk. So those are our two websites. And then you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter under Green and Blue or Green and Blue UK. Marvellous. And do you have an offer for our listeners? I have indeed. Sorry. Yes. Um, If you head over to our website um, before the end of July and use code masterplan, we will give you 15% off something from our range. So do go and check it out. Very cool. Time to spread some bee love, people, I think. Indeed. Right. Well, (laughs) I'm going to add links to all of that and the offer and everything else we talked about today in the show notes. Masterplan World, you can find those at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast or go to the website, click on the podcast tab or use the search box. Faye, it has been an absolute pleasure talking to you today and discovering a bit more about solitary bees and also about how important getting that passion and that clarity in the business is. It's been absolutely brilliant. So thank you very much for being here. Oh, thank you very much for having me, Chloe. I've really enjoyed it. Great to talk to Faye there with her clear passion within the business behind that dream that they are following for the for the solitary bee. But also, even if it wasn't for that, there's that clarity of the you know the power of the design and the beauty of the products and how they're using that to get the press to get into those high end stockists and i think the the other so i think there's a lot we can all take from that that clarity that you get from knowing exactly what your what your mission is i suppose but also some great advice there on the subject of guest blogging too. Let me know what you thought about this episode and any other or anything e-commerce, quite frankly, in our Facebook group, the e-commerce master plan world Facebook group that you will find via ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash Facebook. If you're going to sign up, make sure you answer those questions uh, or I won't let you in. Simple as that. And, um, if you like some more ideas on how to market your business, then do check out the e-commerce master plan virtual summit. It is still available. It is still free for you to register for. There are over 25 different videos in there right now, all covering different aspects of e-commerce and how you can improve your business. You can find all that at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash summit. Have a great week and keep optimizing. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com.